Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. All right, in the bullpen today, we have Mr. Connor Drigotas. Connor is the managing editor of the Connecticut Inside Investigator. Always good to have him on the show. Connor, how are you? Life is good. The world has changed since I last saw you. Good to be here. Yes, sir. Um, a lot has changed. And we're going to argue a hypothetical, which is rare here on the bullpen. If Donald Trump, gets elected again, what will a Donald Trump presidency look like? I don't want to presume what you know, believe about that topic. So I would give you the first shot, I will opine afterwards. Happily, I think there are a few different things that we could look out for. Of course, the all encompassing importance of the Supreme Court, his ideas about replacing Obamacare. But the single issue that I believe is most relevant and most important and most likely to be discussed is the topic of secession. Now, the reason I bring that up is because 52% of Trump voters have said that they want red states to leave. And left-leaning states and centrist movements are that much more likely to be riled up, excited to get out as soon as they realize that the guy who was there for four years really making their life difficult and in their opinion is just gonna continue doing that for four and perhaps eight years. Let's see what happens. You know, and I concur with you about the uh, falling away from the collective America. I understand that I think many of them are already there, but Let's talk about this from just a national point of view. Uh, do you believe that Donald Trump, if he gets elected again, do you believe he will be president or dictator Trump? Which one? President. I'm, okay. a, I'm an optimist. I really do believe in the institutions that we have. And more importantly, I believe in our communities and our states. Rarely do I come across a human being in this country who is not a critical thinker in some ways. Now, I think that a lot of times when we look at news, when we look at the headlines, that doesn't come through. I say that as a member of the news media, though I'm here okay. in my individual capacity. There are a lot of people out there who are going to stand up for common sense all the time. But what about Trump? Would Trump stand up for common sense? So this is the issue. <laughs> this yeah, is that's the a issue. fair distinction. Okay, the issue is this. We, when I say we, I mean the vast majority of Americans, we did not realize how fragile democracy actually was. We, we've always assumed it was chaotic. That's why Congress traditionally will, will have low approval ratings, right? Because of the chaos of politics. But the fragility of our democracy, meaning the vice president of the United States has to certify his own defeat. Now, some people will pose, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. And it doesn't. When the rule was implemented, the vice president, ironically, was the number two person in the overall vote count in America. And so the vice president was a political adversary of the president. They were not a team at that point, and that rule was established. Now, they are a ticket, they are together. If Pence would have not signed the electoral certification, we go into a constitutionally undefined territory. Never has that happened. Under those rules, which basically you are now in the abyss, 
Donald Trump would make up his own rules as to what governing clause or what governing action should take place in that ambiguity. Do you not agree that a man like Trump, who by the way still says Pence had the legal authority to not sign, all right? Do you think Trump engages fairly in that scenario next time? Or does he pick a vice presidential running mate who will do his bidding, even if it means destroying democracy as we know it? I do believe that Donald Trump sees power as a zero sum game. Uh, who he selects as his vice president, absolutely. He wants an ally. He wants someone who's going to feed him the information that he wants. We've seen this in all of his picks in his last administration. And I do believe that despite it would uh, it being a new administration, it's going to be the same cast of characters. Again, I do have to take an optimistic point of view here, though, which is that the power ultimately rests with the people. Just power is derived from consent. And the judicial system and the legislative system are going to be able to do their job to constrain truly out of control actions. Now, is it going to be easy? No. Could it be very, very ugly? Absolutely. But I think as long as we are really dedicated as citizens to the moral principle of human respect, ensuring that we're promoting happiness, harmony, and prosperity by not initiating violence, by not taking the wealth of others through theft, fraud, and destruction of their property. I mean, these are the heart, this is the heart and soul of America. We can have an optimistic view, and we absolutely have as citizens not just the ability, but the right to put a check on power. And we absolutely have to do that. That's an individual responsibility. And we, quite frankly, can't look to government to do that at any level. I don't agree with that. The government takes my money. If the government takes my money, it's called taxation. They have to do a few things for me. Number one, protect mm -hmm. my vote, protect my vote. Because when I vote, that is a voice for me. It's a representative form of government. And I have expectations from anyone who gets money from me. That's number one. Number two. The reality is people in general, they do not have the skill, the wherewithal, the level of sacrifice needed, I would assume, in order to overthrow a dictator with a military and other cops on his side. The problem with the scenario is that everyone knows, including yourself, that Donald Trump is likely bad for democracy period. Just the idea of democracy and the idea of Trump, oil and water. Which means any power given to Trump is power taken away from democracy. And potentially, democracy will cease to exist as we know it in the United States of America. So the question becomes, why is it that conservatives who for many, many years told us this was all about the Constitution, and this was all about Christian values. And this was all about morality. How is it that those same individuals are now so willing to give away that constitution, to overturn democracy, and to ignore rule of law, moral, and ethics? Oh, I certainly wouldn't describe myself as a conservative. But what I can say is being in the room with conservatives, and as I speak to people who are self-defined as conservatives and care about this country, it comes down to a question of consent. You mentioned the 
giving away of money, casting a vote. These are mechanisms by which you are agreeing to the rule of law, flawed or otherwise. And my question, I think, back would be if we're going to give that power, if you're going to give that money, if you're going to cast your vote, you are kind of accepting the flaws in that system. I don't I think that if those are the concerns, the wisest thing that you could do and anyone who shares those beliefs would be to remove your consent. Say that you don't want to be a part of what's going on and then quite frankly put your money where your mouth is. It's really really important because we need to catch this upstream. You are absolutely right. If we're downstream, if we're already in the point where someone's making military orders, Something has gone wrong that should have been avoided, right? I'm a believer yeah. in the tenets of the Tao Te Ching. And in some ways, this is really relevant because what it says there is we should tackle problems like we fry a fish while they're small, right? Tackle problems while they small, when the, while they're small, while they're manageable, and then they won't grow into the things that are far beyond our capability to deal with in an easy manner. Easier said than done, absolutely, but a vital lesson where in cases like America, where power, again, is derived from consent and ultimately rests with those who are the governed. You know, I have a theory, a hypothesis. Somewhere in 1955, 1956, when our marketing apparatus in the United States of America became even more sophisticated and understood some psychological dynamics that the masses were unaware of at that time. Uh, we decided to create customers. Uh, we wanted to make people feel through advertising that they needed a particular product. They needed a particular brand. And after decades of this model, in the indoctrination that comes with that model, I believe it has permeated into our voting class to where now people are not thoughtfully selecting political leaders. They're purchasing brands through their vote. So Donald Trump becomes a brand. And his brand can do things that let's say Mitch McConnell cannot do, even though they may do the same thing. One person will be on brand, the other person will be off brand. And they will be judged based on their brand rather than the action itself. Do you not see a similar occurrence happening in the body politic today? In terms of the power that's emerging, or could you well, well in, in in terms of how people are consuming uh, political leadership, how people are supporting political leadership? For example, there was a time we could have policy debates. We're no longer yeah. having real policy debates. We're having personality debates because everything has de-evolved into a brand of sorts. I do agree with that a hundred percent, and I agree also that it's a problem. It's uh, it's something that really shouldn't be going on because it's not healthy, and it's also not going to lead to the desired results on either side of the debate. And I think that's what makes this particularly interesting is that you rarely come across someone who says, "Yeah, everything's going great. This all feels yeah. like it's it's going really well." Uh, and if if I think that might actually be a healthy place to be, because. If we can move past the problem and start talking about solutions, that's fertile ground to actually arrive somewhere and not just be stuck where we are. You know, Connor, I appreciate that you are an optimist. I'm trying to get back to that place myself. I don't have as much faith as you do in some of the Trump supporters because I've seen what they can do, for example, January 6th, which could be a precursor to something else that they would like to do in the future. I believe our response was inadequate. Um, as a government and society. Uh, but I will let you get the last word. Trump presidency, good or bad for the American people, in your opinion? Bad. All right, there you have it.
I appreciate you being on the show, Connor. I'll see you in, in a, hopefully in the next few weeks, all right? Looking forward to it. Same here.